0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors Summer Sales Event. Get low-as-can-be, APR, zero-deposit, and finance arranged within four hours. There's never been a better time to get to Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cabin great to have you with us on Tuesday
1: afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, this sweltering Tuesday right across Ireland. We have lots of chat and guests to come over the next couple of hours. But I'm returning to a topic that I've covered off many times on the show here down the years. Dog fouling. Dog fouling on our streets and pavements. You know, we've been through this so many times. And right across the North, East, loud, and beyond, people contact us all the time to tell us how bad the situation is. Now, I I have to give credit to a lot of people who walk dogs because I see them where I live on the north side of Drogheda. They pick up. The majority of people do pick up. There are still some that don't. But we have a story for you today from County Mead that really beggars belief. I'm joined on the line by Hannah Neenan. She's a veterinary nurse with Paul Kelly Veterinary Practice in Rithothan County Mead. Good afternoon, Hannah.
2: Hiya, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for taking our call. Now, our Louise spotted this, and when she showed it to me, I said, have we plumbed the depths at this stage? Tell our listeners what's been happening at your practice.
2: Um, Well, it's been going on a long time, so I've been working here about just over three years now. Um, And it's always something that I've noticed, but it's become a lot more frequent lately. I don't know if it's with the summer, the people are walking their dogs more. But we have people picking up dog poo and then leaving the bags either on our windowsill or right outside our door for us to put in the bin for them.
1: In the name of St. Christopher. Yeah. I can't believe this. So in a way, they're good. They pick up the faeces, right? And they do put it in the bags. Let me ask you this. Left on your windowsill and on your doorstep. So when you guys arrive for work, you have to deal with this.
2: Yes. Um, Now, a lot of the time we wouldn't even. We go in when we arrive to work. We go in the back door. So a lot of the time we wouldn't see it until a little bit later on in the day. That we go outside, go out the front, and we see poo sitting on the ground outside. And I mean we're in a small shopping square, so there's a lot of shops around us. A lot of people going in and out that are, you know, seeing bags of dog poo sitting there. You know, it looks bad on us. That you know, is it something that we're not picking up? And it looks bad on you know the other shops around that there's. Who's sitting outside their doorsteps too.
1: And this is going on for quite a time.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's just gotten more frequent recently. Um, I've just been noticing it more. And um, I said on the, I put it on our Facebook because it was yesterday that I came in um, from taking the bins out and I found two bags sitting outside the door. There was one on the windowsill and then there was one in the corner. Um, And I just got a bit sick of it, so just took a picture and put it up on our Facebook wasn't really expecting the the response that we got. We got a lot of nice comments from clients of ours, you know, saying that we deserve a bit more respect than that. Um, and I also noted in the post how there is actually a public bin that's less than 50 metres away from us.
1: So, hold on, hold on, hold on. This even adds more <laughs> anger to me as I sit here today. The bin is how close to you? Less than 50 metres. And people won't travel that short distance to do what they should do and complete the transaction, so to speak, and yet they leave it on your windowsills, at your doorsteps, in and around your place of work.
2: Exactly, yeah. (sighs) So we're getting a lot of questions, you know, asking why do we think they're doing it, so I don't know if it's laziness or, you know, if people just aren't seeing the bins or you know
1: it's kind of it's one that's baffling us as well Mm. it's shocking because look at who you are and what you do you have enough uh, of problems to deal with with animals coming in and a lot of dogs i'm sure the majority of your business is probably with with canines as well coming through your door without having to pick up the mess after certain people I, i wonder is it just have you thought about this is it the same people time and again do you think is it a habit that maybe a few people have gotten into are we are we painting a, a too widespread of a of a blame here perhaps
2: yeah i definitely think that it's probably only a number of people um i mean yeah we we work in a really busy practice we just do small animal and paul kelly's so the majority of what we're seeing are dogs and So we know, you know, the number of dogs in Ritoth and the number of people that are walking their dogs. Mm. So it's not happening often enough for it to be a huge amount of people. Yeah. Um, But it still is happening. And it seems to be in the same. There's two actually specific corners at the side of us that they keep putting it in. So I think it's just, yeah, a couple of people that have maybe gotten used to that and they just leave it there. I don't know if they're thinking, oh, well, the vet looks after animals so they can look after the animal too
1: isn't it such a how do you describe it isn't it such a an awful mentality of people to think this or do this or and you know you were just saying there it's yourselves it's the businesses around you it's people passing by it's people coming in and out it's little to ask if you're gonna go half hog why not go the whole hog and put it into the bin and be done with it um I suppose the next step, you'd love to, to find out who it is. Have you any ideas, no, to identify who's at this?
2: No, like we don't have CCTV or anything. We did get a lot of comments of people telling us, oh, put up cameras and name and shame and things like that. But I'm just hoping just to, you know, I, I did put in the post that it's a polite ask. You know, I'd rather just keep it. Hopefully I just have to post this once mm. and those couple of people will just see it and then that's the end of that rather than having to you know, go getting CCTV and getting on to people and, you know, yeah. turning it into something bigger than it needs to be. Because like you said, the majority, like 99% of our clients are brilliant dog owners. Um, you know, 99% of the people who are walking their dogs in toes are brilliant. They do bring the, you know, they do bring the poo to the bins or they do bring them home with them. Um, but, you know, it still is happening.
1: Mm. And they obviously know that you folks, like you're very... Um, conscientious and you have great pride in what you do and where you work they obviously know that you're not going to leave them there because it's not in your interest to leave them hanging around but it just must be becoming a pain in the butt and that it's going on this long and that it's a regular occurrence as well we're getting plenty of comments. keep them coming to us 086 1800 658 if you'd like to comment 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text or across our social media as well or 1850 715 958 if you'd like to call in we posted this not naming where it was this morning on LMFM and we're getting lots of comments from people as well from right around the region about this a number of people have coming back to that again uh, I have to say Hannah to say you'll have to get cameras or you have to try and catch these people
2: yeah yeah Um, it would be a big thing for us to you know it's something for us to think about Mm. definitely Um, like I said I suppose it was just us being a bit more wanting to sort of keep it quiet as to not I suppose it's us I think kind of thinking about feelings a bit too much
1: with people
2: Mm. I suppose we're a bit too nice in that way yeah yeah uh, it's like I said so many comments said like name and shame and things like that but mm-hmm. You know that kind of just
1: turns it into something i know but you i have to say to you you're right to highlight this you know there's no point in not highlighting it and you see the reaction you've got yourselves personally we see it here this always evokes a big reaction when i talk about it on the show mostly in the context you know of our villages and towns and streets uh, where this happens and uh, the upshot of that but this when i spotted this and when louise spotted it today we said my now here is definitely a, a completely different angle on this and especially i'm not saying it's just because, but any business, but a veterinary business as well, with what you do. Come on, folks! I, i'm There may be somebody listening today who knows something of this. Are you not ashamed of yourselves uh, uh, today, uh, as this is spoken about and and people comment on it? You'd have to be. Just do it. Put it in the bin. Don't be leaving it outside uh, Paul Kelly's place in Rathout. Look, thank you for joining us. I hope that highlighting this, uh, as you have, and with ourselves, may go a little way towards somebody having a, a a pang of conscience and stopping yeah. this and not doing it but let's see what happens and as we said we're getting more messages here they come to us again why not get cameras get the cameras in people are saying that is yeah. for another day but hannah thank you for joining me on the show to highlight this and i hope this stops yeah
2: hopefully
1: thanks for please god it will thank you hannah thank you thanks. for joining me All appreciate right. it that's hannah neenan there she's a veterinary nurse with paul kelly veterinary practice in Rito, the fine practice they have there but imagine, like, you know, like, you're doing half the job. You're picking up the dog dirt. You're picking up the dog dirt, but you're not doing the full amount. Well, why don't you just go to the bin? Same with anybody. I'll tell you, Louise, I've had the, the little bags of dirt left on my garden wall. Do you know that as well? And there's bins down from where I am. Just, you'd go just out and find it. Just, just the just... bag. The, the The dog dirt is in the in the bag, all right, but... It's not carried home. You could. I know people. I see them walking them. They actually bring it home with them to, to dispose of it. You know, there's yeah, yeah. not a bin round. So some
3: people think just once it's in the bag, that's. It's okay. great.
1: That's fine. It'll just just Leave it somewhere. where it is. Leave it in the corner there. It's it's the pits. I have to say, it really is.
3: The vet, like, I don't know, would it be somebody that's actually thinking, the vet can do something with mm. this? Do you know, like, why are they not leaving it at a supermarket? You know, oh. why is it the vet? <laughs> like might it be somebody that honestly believes they're doing some kind
1: of good yeah there's more comment coming again about the cameras yes we've put that to Hannah as well I know that is probably the ultimate solution Jerry, they are lazy I'm a dog owner in my I'm in my 70s and I wouldn't leave anything lying around they're lazy you know what I can't say that word this afternoon but I hear what you're saying there thanks for your comment uh, other comments coming to us Philippa says go to, to Head Beach early in the morning Uh, where dogs are taken for a walk I never see owners with bags and out at Oldbridge last week there were numerous bags left beside an already full bin at such a lovely site for tourists I did let them know in Oldbridge well there's no excuse we had that issue before hadn't we Louise with the bins not being emptied all bins need to be emptied rubbish bins uh, dog litter bins if they're not being emptied it defeats the purpose and then you understand why people uh, leave it lying beside here's another one Laura's been on people do the very very same outside the gates of the abacus school. Oh, no. Or they just uh, drop the, let the dogs drop their poop without picking it up. It's disgusting, she says. Carmel's been on to say, Unfortunately, Jerry, it's rampant in Old Castle. People let their dogs run loose on the estates and in the town and let them foul wherever they want to. It's disgusting and something definitely needs to be done to stop it happening. There are times when you can hardly walk on the pavements because of it. Oldcastle, County Meath? Carol's been on to say, every day someone leaves bags of dog poo in the ditches and the sidewalks round where we live. Nigel's been on to say, follow them, shove it back through the letterbox, sort it. <laughs> I like that one there. I do indeed. And so on and so on uh, they go. Jerry, honestly, I'm trying to enjoy my lunch, says Anne. Anne, I'm sorry. I know, I know you are indeed. I hope you do enjoy your lunch. But this is a serious matter. It is, and it's an annoying one as well, And You'll understand worse, not why we're trying to highlight it as we are here in late, late lunch this afternoon. What should be done? What should they do? We know the camera option. Anything else? Anybody else experiencing this with the dog dirt in the bags being left on your doorstep or around your place of work or where you live? We'd love to hear from you. But uh, I thank Hannah Neenan again for highlighting this in Retold. And hopefully it will prig somebody's conscience today. To stop this happening because it's just not right. You know, I said it before, Louise, mm. picking it up great. But go the whole hog. I'll say that word again. Go the whole hog and put it in the blimmin' bin or bring it home with you. Anyway, we leave it there for the moment. Keep the comments coming. Oh eight six eighteen hundred-six five eight by WhatsApp or text. Short break on late lunch, and we're back with a young woman from Dundalk who has a European silver medal. No Irish woman previously ever achieved what my next guest has. What am I talking about? Yes, I'm talking about athletics and the European Under-20 Championships at the weekend and the heptathlon. Yes, she's brought home a silver medal to Dundalk and she's on the line. Kate O'Connor, good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon.
1: Thank you for taking my call and a thousand congratulations. (laughs) Thank you very much. This is simply wonderful. You're only 18 and you're in the Under-20 Championships and listen to this, folks. You... Accumulate the highest number of points ever in a heptathlon for any Irish athlete at any level, at any age in the past.
4: Yeah, I know, it's pretty great, yeah. yeah I just can't really believe that that's happened.
1: <laughs> oh, it's terrific, it's terrific. Tell me about the event itself because I just want to take you through it for for a moment and how you want it. We know there are seven events the 100 metre hurdles, the high jump shot put, 200 metres, long jump, javelin and 800 metres. It goes over two days, Kate, so what do you do? You do the first four there the first day, is it?
4: Yeah, so it starts off with hurdles and then straight into high jump and then generally there's like a two to three hour break and then we go to shot put 200 and that's day one and then we come back for day two and it's long jump, javelin and then the final event, the 800.
1: Now, after the first day at the end of the first day, where were you sitting in, in the order of merit?
4: So, I was in third place after day one, which was pretty like a pretty big shock to me because um we were originally hoping to be about a hundred points down from um the girls in first and that were in first and second, and I ended up only being about fifteen points down, so I had a really 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 good first day um and I was a lot further on than what I thought I was, so it put me in quite a good position for coming into day two.
1: And then on day two, you do your long jump, javelin, and 800 metres. Are they in quick succession, or is there breaks there as well?
4: No, so, well, it sometimes depends. So, it was um, long jump, then there was a big break between that and the javelin, so, like, a three-hour break, I think. Um, And then there was another two- to three-hour break in between the javelin and the 800 again. So, there's, like, time, you know, you can go back, rest, recover, like, eat, sleep, um, and, yeah.
1: And even going into the final event, the 800 metres, mm. you were still sitting in third place as you all yeah. stood on the line to race.
4: Yeah, yeah, I was in third place. I think there was 22 points, oh no, 15 points between first, second and third. So Tight. it was ridiculously close, like that's one second in the 800. Mm. Um, so it was really just two, one, the 800 was going to win first mm. and then we kind of finished from there, well, determine second and third.
1: Great, so, and you were second in the eight hundred, you were leading, you were passed by the eventual winner, yes, yeah, just before yeah. the end,
4: yes, yeah, so on the last on the last hundred, she passed me, and I was kind of when she passed me, I was kind of like, oh goodness, that's first place gone, but then second place kicked into my head, and I realized that I just had to keep fighting the whole way to the line because otherwise I would have got third and luckily I was able to push myself hard enough to grab that silver medal.
1: What an achievement it is for you and you were only a a smidgen away from the gold as well. Mm. Did you realistically expect going into the championships that you were going to come away with a medal?
4: I mean, I always knew that there was a chance, but I knew that it would be very tough, and I'd have to really perform on the day. But I tried to just keep all pressure away from myself, and I really just enjoyed the the whole experience. I mean, I think it was the first tetradathlon that I just went into each event, and I just enjoyed, I just enjoyed the whole competition. I got involved with the crowd, and I celebrated all my performances as well. And I just took everything in, and I think that's why I kind of performed well in each in each event, and that's how I kind of got the results. That I did.
1: Now, you are set for a very, very bright future and an exciting career at 18 years of age with a new Irish record in points and a silver medal around uh, your neck from the European under 20s. Take us back. What age did you start in athletics at?
4: So, I started athletics. I think I was around eight or nine, um, and my mom and dad brought me down to the local club, St. Jared's, OC, and really it just kind of started from there. I got to learn a few events. My first events were the 800 Long Jump and Javelin, uh, which were all really like three random events. Like, there wasn't many people that ran the 800 and did Javelin, and at that time we didn't really know about heptathlon until I got um, to school. I went to St. Vincent's. Um, in Dundock, and I kind of got introduced into the pentathlon and it was really just from there that I kind of learned I learned that there was a heptathlon event and then we started picking up on the hurdles on the shot put and I just had to start kind of learning from the age of 13 and from there it's just been a constant learning curve and just every training session just trying to get
1: better really. You're only at this, sure, a wet week when you mentioned 13, 14, and you're only 18 now. Oh, my, oh, my. This is fantastic. It's a great, great story. And your dad, Michael, is your coach.
4: Yeah, no, my dad's my coach. And then um, I have Laura Care and Tom Reynolds from um, Athletics Northern Ireland. They help kind of mentor my dad, you know, because Laura's very good with my job and then Tom with the hurdles. So, um, and without them, I mean... Um, my events just wouldn't be where they are today like I've got a really like supportive team you know that have really helped me get to get to this stage. Where
1: you are today mm-hmm. um, yeah. where are you with your education at the moment?
4: So I just did my leaving cert um, and now I'm just waiting for the results of those and I'm going to the University of Texas um, at the end of August um, which is really exciting um, but yeah we're just waiting for the results of those to get back so that I can finish up my applications and stuff and then getting ready for America.
1: There you go. So you're leaving these shores, you're going to Texas and you're going to do your studies and continue your athletics training, etc. over there, which an awful lot of Irish athletes have done in the past and will do in the future. So excited about that. And for, for you, beyond the Europeans, where to next?
4: So... I mean, it's just now back, well, September, I'll be back training, you know, and, I mean, it's every athlete's dream to get to the Olympics, so I think I'm just going to keep working, take whatever comes, and, yeah, working towards the Olympics is, is
1: the big dream. So the Olympics, and yeah. the next Games, the very next Games, you want to be there, or is it the Games beyond?
4: Uh, I mean, well, the 2020 Games would be pretty amazing to be at, but yeah, um, who knows, if I get there, I get there, if I don't, 2024... Yes. Um, would be, 2024
1: is definitely on the cards. That is certainly on the cards, and she'll be only a whippersnapper at that stage, even, <laughs> even, I know, look, it's 2019 at the minute, and next year is probably yeah. a bridge too far for you, but you yeah. never, never know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, when you look at the, all of the seven events in the heptathlon, uh, mm-hmm. w- which is your favourite and which is your least favourite?
4: Okay, well, after this week, I think um, javelin and high jump have to be my two favourites. I mean, um, my high jump kind of going into the competition was a little bit dodgy, if I'm being honest. Um, Like, training was going okay, but I just wasn't very consistent. But for some reason, just at the competition, it it just managed to click and... I got a PB and I just felt really, really good. And I just really enjoyed the high jump competition and then my javelin as well. I mean, I mm. wasn't expecting to throw that far. Like fifty-two ninety-two is a long way, and yeah, no, that that was really amazing. Like I was yeah. so so shocked when that happened. Um, but my least favorite has to be the eight hundred. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a really painful event. Like once you <laughs> accept the pain. It's fine. It's, it's more kind of before you actually go. It's just the nerves of knowing how horrible it's going to feel. But once the gun goes and you're running, it all kind of goes out of your head and you know you've just got to push yourself the whole way to the line. Um, and just leave
1: everything that you have out in the track. look, look, thanks for being so honest, you know, on them there. But listen, you are a tremendous all-rounder, and I know uh, you've made a long journey back because everybody wants a piece of you, Kate. I know this, after such success for uh, the country to win a silver medal and set all those records as well. It's absolutely marvellous, and I really do appreciate you taking time to have a word with us on Late Lunch today. You are a star, and congratulations (laughs) to you, your dad. your family, and all the people who mentor you as well. Good luck in Texas and with your career in the future. I'm sure we'll be talking again. Thanks a million, Kate.
4: Thank you very much.
1: Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Kate O'Connor from Dundalk. Silver medal in the European Under-20 Athletics Championships in Sweden at the weekend. What a young woman she is. She's one to watch for the future, that's for sure. Late lunch, LMFM Radio afternoons at 2. What's love got to do with it on the island? You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this beautiful Tuesday, July afternoon. And it's hot, but it's even hotter on the Love Island, isn't it? Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome back. I'll call her a regular. She is a regular of mine on Late Lunch now. Sharon Kenny, the matchmaker, is with us. Sharon, good to see you. Thank you very
5: much for having me again, Thank you for
1: joining me. And we're on Facebook Live, just in case you you are by your phones, of course. Join us on Facebook Live and see this wonderful woman in action as we talk about Love Island. Sharon, first question... Have you been Ovid yet?
5: Oh my gosh, it's it's hilarious to hear the different expressions that come out of it. And Jerry, I'm not sure you know what that means, but it's basically a guy in there. Who's, I do, I who's, do. Oh, well done, I do. yeah. And he's fit, and yes. he's got everything going for him, and he's a very grounded guy. Now, the problem with a lot of people in there, they don't have their groundedness. If they're going to have, if they're not grounded enough, and they don't know themselves enough, they're going to get pulled into this kind of fear factor. And what am I? I doing and what are they saying behind the cameras and what are they you know, this whole thing about fear.
1: That's He's a six foot basketball player yeah. and his partner at the moment is India. They are a couple in there at yes. this point in time. Yes. Everybody's swooning over. I'm gonna tell our listeners, our Louise, I've never heard Earl Louise in Amward with a television programme like she is with Love Island and our Katrina as well. They tell me everything about it every day.
5: It's it's absolutely amazing the amount of feedback it's got from Ireland considering it's over there. But we do have two fabulous Irish people on it. We've Greg from Limerick and he is so grounded and so in touch with himself. But they would know that through the rugby training and then because he's a solicitor as well. He's a copped on guy. And then we have Mora, who's from uh, the Midlands and she is absolutely lovely. Uh, she's a bit of a foul mouth in a way and it comes across now and again. But she says it like it is and she's a genuine person. If people stay true to themselves no matter what relationship they're in and know their boundaries, that is one thing Maura is doing. Now she is talking about parts of the body a bit too much for mm. some people mm. but that's what this gen the younger generation do and there's that's their way of slagging and talking they don't mean anything by it they and and it's all talk in a lot of cases you know
1: that it's all talk that brings me to a point it is yes. across the generations that this is being watched you yes. know especially by women i have to say yes. i'm sure the boys are following as well but it's multi-generational What's the appeal? Why do you think that is?
5: Well, I have three sons and they're 23, 21 last week and 17 and they watch it with me and we've never watched anything as much and sat down and had it. Now they've girlfriends so they're kind of studying their relationship with their girlfriends and they'll talk to me about it and they, their friends love coming over and chatting about the relationship even though they deny it. They say, oh no, no, we're just watching it for mum to keep her company. A load of rubbish. <laughs> they're actually loving it. <laughs> so, yeah. And then they talk about it to their girlfriends and you can see how they're learning from it um, even though they take to admit they're learning from it but they're seeing how guys go wrong and mess up and girls go wrong and mess up and take each other for granted and don't have enough respect for each other. So the younger generation meaning not you and I uh, meaning the 20 year olds. <laughs> We're so le- young young and yeah. harsh, Sharon, come on <laughs> uh, and they're learning so much from it mm. um, and it's, a, it's for the ones who are kind of 14, 15, 16 because it's watched with that age group as well they're learning from it as well so for people to like more who's standing up for herself and says um in one case there was some guy who um said something very quite rude about her like she's all mouth now you can pick that up in different ways or will she be all mouth or something like that mm. and she said and she was meant to go away for uh stay over in a hut with him for the night and she said flip off, I'm not going with you. How dare you talk? And she just stood up for herself and had respect for herself to say, I'm not letting anyone talk down to me. And this is where love of ourselves have to come into it. If we love ourselves enough, we will never let anyone talk down to us or be rude to us without a a serious explanation.
1: You you know, a lot of people look at this look reality TV I would say is it really reality it's unreal I, I, I have to make an admission here I make an admission to you yeah. I have watched it I dipped in last week and I Went dipped down. in last night because you were coming here Okay. and I suddenly said to myself no I don't mean to diss it in any way but I said will I ever get those 20 minutes back in my life <laughs> but anyway that's just me but seriously okay. look I, I, I understand and I understand there are thousands and thousands of people and millions following this yeah. all over these islands and the world but here's the thing. You say there that, you know, you're seeing aspects of reality, right? And I've heard this, that young people, some young people, you know, it it evokes a fear in them when they see what a man can do to a woman and at times a woman can do to a man. Is it educational, would you say, in a way? It is.
5: And what people have to learn is how to deal with their fears and see what triggers them. There's a girl in there called Bella and she got into a situation where she felt that she was very wronged by someone. And she overreacted straight away because of fears and baggage she had from her past. If we do not look after our baggage from her past, we're going to take it on. So first time round, 50% 50% of people break up in marriage. Second time round, I know we're talking slightly older, but second time round it's 67% and third time round it's 73. Now, why does that go up? Because people haven't dealt with their baggage. And there's a way you can do it. You have to know when people say follow your gut, it is all about following your gut. But how do you know if your gut is speaking, which is your subconscious, or your head is speaking? So how or your heart? So how do you know which one is speaking? So if you think of a rainbow, and there's none out there today, it's so warm. (laughs) But if you think of a rainbow and think of green as in go and orange as in slow down and red as in stop. Think of that rainbow surrounding you and protecting you. And then think deeper of the word stop. And S stands for you, you literally stop and T you Tep it and feel your breathing and start breathing deeply and start letting your energy go into your core and o is open up and listen to yourself and listen to and it is your core and your gut that tells you the right answers and then p prepare to go on whichever any way you want to, so if that's no i 'm not going to do that, I really feel this is the right decision, but instead people jump to conclusions. They run around asking every friend round when they know it in themselves. And you see the boys doing it more than the girls. Listen, I need time out to think about this. But the girls are straight over to the girls. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Rather than getting into themselves, know themselves and know their genuine answer to the next step in the relationship and the truth.
1: People would say, you know, you put a group of boys and girls on an island, well, it's in uh, Mallorca in a romantic villa, yeah. to be precise, for 49 days. It's coming to an end in the, the next week or so. Yeah. That really, you know... It's not a, a, a real life, true environment. You know, the way they're in each other's pockets. Yes. And-
5: but you can see how friendships and relationships and, you know, when you're going into that fear of, am I doing wrong and right? Who do I trust? And that kind of, it, it, it psychologically, it's very tough on them because they can't get out and ring their mum. <laughs> ah, <laughs> well, I'd like to think <laughs> they'd ring their mum, but they can't turn to someone and ask them. So they have to, Like even last night, something came up what the public said and they had to guess who was bad-mouthing who within the villa and the public... I was was watching that
1: and then they doused one another with... Oh, well, that was ridiculous. What a waste to drink! (laughs) To
5: throw it over somebody, come on! Yeah, that's ridiculous. But what you could see the... Uh, look on some of their faces, like Mora was looking over and said what you you're criticizing our relationship when probably it was one person's view, and it was Joe Soap who really could have joked about it or something like that, and Mora would take that personally, but she was cute enough and clever enough to say. Do you know what? She's my friend. I trust her. Why would I let that happen? So, you know, it's building so strong bonds between them because they've no one else there. Mm. So it's it it isn't real. It isn't real life. But people can fall in love when you're thrown into that situation or lust. Like love takes longer than three weeks or 49 (laughs) days, but they can be thrown in lust.
1: Yes. So in Mm. general... You think there's merit in Love Island, yes? Yes, yes. Yeah. As, as well as it has its downside as well, of course. But yes. I suppose that's like life and love, isn't it? Yeah. Ups and downs, swings yeah. and roundabouts.
5: Yeah, I think uh, I think there's so much more to be learnt than... Um, um I'm a celeb and eating insects, really. I mean,
1: (laughs) we really do. We really do learn Tommy's gone. He sent us a message. Jerry. I can't stand this anymore. I'm gone. Tommy, come back. (laughs) You're only codding us. You're only gone. He's gone from Facebook live or something.
5: Yeah, do you know what? There's the amount of people that say they... my, My partner now, he'd say, I'll keep a mile away from it. Why would I look at that kind of thing? So people, there are people who really think you know it's a load of rubbish but you know when you're mixing the generations and watching in my case my son sit down and so many of my friends and their yes. kids mm. sit down and have a laugh over it and that's what it's about once no one gets hurt absolutely and, and once people learn from other people's mistakes
1: Stay with us on Late Lunch. Love Island we're talking about. Are you watching? Have you anything to say? We're leaving you now on, on uh, Facebook Live. But stay with us on LMFM Radio. Stay tuned and listen. Sharon Kenny, the matchmaker, is with us. And there's going to be lots more love. Not on an island. In the studios of LMFM in a few moments' time. <laughs> and here's a question that's come in on WhatsApp for you, Sharon. Okay. Uh, will you answer this? It says, Sharon, how can they form friendships when they uh, stab each other in the back? Amy had barely split from Curtis before Maura... (laughs) cracked in with him. Maura hadn't fancied them at all before before this, but as she had no partner, she needed someone to couple up with.
5: Yes, see, this coupling up is very important because if you want to win the 50,000 after, the end of the day, you need to be coupled with someone. Now, there was a tweet earlier that uh, said that Maura did fancy uh, Curtis, and Amy actually did read it, so that was meant to have happened before, so I hear. So, um, that's for survival. Now, unfortunately, he was in a relationship. He got away with this because he went bounced from one girl to the next. But he said there, and back to our gut feeling, he said as much as they got along and as much as they even asked each other out, like girlfriend and boyfriend, or he asked her out, he felt there was something missing. And everyone has to pay relate attention to the relationship. If you feel that someone's seeping your energy and there's something missing... It's really hard to go into a long term. Like you see people sticking together for six months, sticking together for a year, sticking together for life. The amount of people who've come to me and said, I should never have married him or I should never have married her. And it's actually quite shocking. And it's because they don't want to let the other person down and they get pulled into this relationship. Oh, I don't want to let down my mum, my dad, my granny, my whatever. And they get pulled into long term relationships when they really should have stepped away and felt there was something not right. There, there are so
1: many people mm-hmm. in that book. Yeah,
5: absolutely. But Sharon,
1: you know, they have genuine fears that people have. Offending somebody, leaving somebody, yeah. you know, after making a commitment. Yeah. Family pressures. Yeah. Uh, society, how will it look on me? Even though that has changed substantially. Yeah. But that's a huge issue for an awful lot of people. Do, Do you believe people should walk? I
5: feel that if they have tried everything possible, then they should walk. And what everything possible is, go to counselling, go to coach, go to um, start going on your date nights, take up as many things as you can to get out there again, start creating interests in your relationship together um, and start coming home and having a chat and looking into each other's eyes and spending time looking at each other and talking to each other. If, If that's all gone, it's very hard to not resent the other person even walking past each other in the kitchen I remember being at that stage in my marriage breaking up and walking by my ex in the kitchen and thinking and feeling my whole gut go nearly on fire because I knew it was wrong so if it's if you want to stay true to yourself and you've tried everything possible to save your marriage then you should move on but not until you've tried everything you know family is everything relationships you know, as I said, 50% split up first time round. The reason it's so high second time round is usually there's kids there at that stage, the first time round, and they want to stay for the kids as well. And a lot of people want to stay till the kids grow up. And, and they call growing up like 16, 17. And then it comes, oh, I just want to stay till they finish their leaving. And they, you know, they stayed. Whereas as kids are, they can bounce back. And the I think it's very hard on kids that are living in a negative um, family home. And I do believe that it's better to split than live in a negative family home. Life is too short. And when clients come to me and they say, you've no idea I was there for seven years, I even down to a beating both ways, like violence both ways in the relationship. I'm not saying it's just the woman gets uh, beaten up, but both ways. You know, it's shocking and the kids see this and they learn from this and they learn from that those mistakes rather than bounce back. Like my husband and I, my ex-husband, we live next door to each other, which is really unusual. It's completely the, the weirdest. We have a hole in the hedge and the boys go between the two gardens. <laughs> so it couldn't be more different. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, but you have to go positive and yes. be positive and take the best you can. After. If you want to bring your kids up secure and happy, you have to be genuinely honest to yourself and now him and I are friends because we respect each other now we respect each other we had our big falling out but you have to turn around for the sake of your kids and start finding that respect it doesn't matter whether it's from 20 years ago and say do you know what he stood by me at that funeral uh, say my dad it's
3: that time of the year
4: your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves
8: care dotcom slash weight loss
5: that's funeral he's he was he was there for this he was there for that do you know he'd be there if there was a rainy day and um, that I really needed him you have to learn to respect each other and stop bringing this negativeness to another generation
1: Back to Love Island you work on the premise as you've told us before you match people and you try yeah. to put people in situations that more likely a, a coupling will happen yes now when you take the limited numbers of boys and girls on this island and the chances yeah. of you know what I mean getting a synergy it has to be remote hasn't it really are we just saying look there are, you said, the serious yeah. side to this. There are learnings to be yeah. had from it, but at the end of the day, it's the entertainment factor.
5: Oh, absolutely! Like, if you want to take Ireland into account, there's seven thousand single women in Ireland on Facebook now that to say they're single, and there's five thousand single men in Ireland that say they're single. So you know, when you look at that, and you know that people are meeting even through the likes of Facebook, mm-hmm. um, it is tough because then you're going on that first kind of gut feeling of looks, and then. And after that, you're trying to connect and see, is there any friendship? And then you're looking at who's friends with who and do you have connections? But Love Island, when you see them put together, those co- a lot of those couples are well matched, but they have match themselves in a oh, way. Oh, I see. And if you see their energy levels, you'll see them spark off each other in a positive way. Mm. But when you see the negativeness come in, like people being hurt from the past that'll follow them through all their life if so they don't do So you're saying to it. me
1: that they may have done a Sharon Kenny before the TV series. Here am I, this big naive gobaloon here today thinking they just happened to be there by accident. Obviously, they've trawled the, through the yeah. boys and girls and they've tried to get synergies. Oh,
5: the, the people That's who organised would yes. have. They would I have, think. like people give out about there's no overweight women or there's no I was going tiny to say, the tans,
1: the other things, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, the tattoos, the yeah. looks, they look, they all look so
5: good. Well, they're, they're the reason, unfortunately, it is true that you know they are all supermodels in ways. But the reason, then, if you had someone that wasn't as good looking as all the rest, then that person would be left on the bench. It'd be and it'd pilloried. Be, it'd be shocking for them, and the the the, and it is attraction at first sight especially in that age group with those kind of uh, that kind of situation. It is about attraction. So if they're not going to find someone attractive and say one guy might like a big a big girl but the rest of the guys might um, might not then yes, it's hard I, for her
1: I can see where that's coming mm. from who's going to win um,
5: I want Maura to win not only because or Greg you know I'm going for the Irish ones and, and that's uh, it's that's, a Shane Lowry flag yeah. flying here today yeah. in late lunch with yeah. Sharon
1: she wants an Irish win as well yeah. who knows but it's going to yeah. wrap up within about the next week or so it'll come to a conclusion just beyond and yeah. we'll find but out do then but you
5: know the, the likes of Maura she'll come off and she'll go on to a radio programme they say Jeremy Kyle she could go on to that she learned millions out of it all those people it's not the 50,000 they earn it's the publicity they get afterwards a lot of them have like 2 million followers on their Twitter Mm. it's unbelievable the publicity so now it's the shock factor and dealing with the publicity how they deal with it and there's going to be counsellors in looking after them to help them on the way down because they are
1: going to get a shock from the publicity anyway check her out the matchmaker dot Ie I. E. Sharon Kenny, she'll be back on late launch soon. Thank you so much for joining me today oh, thank you for and giving me, me another education <laughs> on love and Love Island as oh, well. Good to you. see you, Sharon. And we'd finish out today. I have to pick this one. This is my choice. It's okay. Tina Turner. Guess what I'm going to play? What's Love Got oh, to Do with lovely. It? An awful lot. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you very much.
4: understand, the touch of your hand makes my pulse react. That it's only the thrill of boy meeting girl, I possess such magic. It's physical,
9: only logical.
4: You must try to ignore that it means more.
1: On the road with Tony Conlon, our regular motoring man, is with us in studio today. We're also joined by Jim Ring, he's dealer principal uh, with Newgate Motors uh, just outside Navin. and we're also joined today by two of the salespeople there. Megan Cooney is with us, and Arida Piccolita. You're both welcome to the show. You're all welcome to Late Lunch. Good Thank to see you, to you all, all, all. Tony. Yes, sir. You've put this afoot today. You had. Bing, this light bulb moment, and said to me, Jerry, I have something I want to do on late lunch.
0: Yeah, well, I spoke to Jim some time back, and like I've been someone that has been associated with now I can say this as inspecting garages for many a year and going in and I'd be dealing 99.99% and actually, in fact, 100% with men. I don't even remember a lady. And... I think when I heard that there was two girls in the one premises uh, as salespersons, I, I, I think the time has arrived and I think it's fantastic. And anyone that has a daughter at all will appreciate that or a partner or a wife to go into a showroom. Uh, I've seen with my own two eyes that with, I saw my own daughter once. She came with me in disguise. Uh, we're doing a garage watch thing. And she turned around all of a sudden because there was a car she was interested in. And she said, this can become real. And when she started speaking to the salesperson, now he was young, and she emphasised something very, very important to me. He turned his full attention away from me, the father, and to her. And she said, How many salesmen would actually do that? Now, ladies will do that automatically, but not too many men can do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because here was someone, Most men would talk here someone you. young. Yes. Because yes, they think I have the money, you know, which they're totally <laughs> we absolutely. We know you have money, no, but look, that's for another day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Skipping that.
1: <laughs> but so look, yeah. I thought it was a
0: great story. Yes. Uh, I thought it's great to see girls uh, equal opportunities out there, and I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of people going into the sales room, the sales showroom here of Jim's, uh, where the two marks, as the girls involved in both Mercedes and Kia, the other girl, and. Uh, I, I, it's a very interesting it's a very interesting uh, employment situation OK yeah.
1: and, and and I was delighted when you brought this to my attention and here we are today and I want to say to listeners I said it to you all before we went on air there I'm buying cars a long time myself right mm. <laughs> since my first car the wee mini and I don't think I ever came across a woman you know in a sales room of a garage And I'm sure for many people listening today, it's the same scenario. Jim Ring, dealer principal with Newgate. Welcome to late launch. Tell me this, the background to this. You advertise for salespeople.
8: Yeah, we advertised for salespeople towards the end of last year. uh, And we were really only looking for one person, uh, maybe somebody junior and somebody a little bit more senior. But uh, through a series of interviews, it came down to... About maybe a dozen or 15 people left. Uh, Ireda and Megan were part of that group. Um, and because they hadn't been in sales before, the job that we were likely to offer anybody in that group was uh, a junior role. But uh, to be honest with them, and uh, due to their own merit... Uh, they came out tops but we couldn't separate between the two of them so we took both of them on or offered them both uh, the jobs and they started on the same day
1: Ah fair fair juice to you Jim that's a great like story in itself that you couldn't separate either woman and you said well let's create two positions for them um an open competition, men and women involved, and you take the girls on board. And were they the only two you recruited in this process? They were the only two, yeah. And we, we have the two franchises
8: with Kia and Mercedes-Benz, so it kind of fitted in. Uh, so Ireda, um
1: operates from the Kia showroom, and Megan operates from the Mercedes-Benz showroom. Ladies, you're so welcome to the show. Let me start uh, with yourself, Megan Cooney. Uh, You go for this interview. What did you do before you got the job at Newgate?
7: I was working in my daddy's pub in Wilkins Town, a little old man's pub, and it was a great place, and I've always been working there.
1: Don't shoot down (laughs) old men's pubs. You're in an esteemed company here this afternoon. Fellas who might be in there for a pint, they're
7: great spots. No, they're great lads, and I was working there from a really, really young age, and I went to college and got my degree and I was sitting in a lecture room and I just said, I just want to sell cars a And that was it? That was it. I've always loved cars. I've always been in garages, playing with cars, looking at videos of cars, just always cars. And then, yeah, I was in my lecture hall and I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to sell cars that's so, I you to
1: slung your hook, yeah. left the education, and went straight in with well, Oh, I got my degree, and then I was. Good woman, like, yeah, very, I'm very, very important. <laughs> okay, yeah. and then you start. Yeah. How long are you there? When did you start?
7: I'm there five months now, I think. And,
1: and you're on the Mercedes side yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. How's so it going for you?
7: I love it so much. It's the dream job, and like those cars are my kids'. Like Jim says, I can't. My <laughs> fault is I can't get rid of them because I just got such a relationship with
1: them. Aren't they great babies? You don't have to look after them 24-7 and you can send them off with surrogate owners for a few years and maybe they come back and look for another one from you. Do you ever think of it like that? No, I It's do a great parentage, isn't them. it? It's the know. best, to be honest. So you, you, you've you really slipped into this comfortably.
7: Yeah, no, completely. It was great. I seen the ag on up on Facebook and I was like, that is just, it's meant to be, I'm going for it because... It's it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And then I ended up getting it. So
1: let's talk to your fellow salesperson, Aretha Piccoliti, You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Tell us about you. What did you do and how did you come to apply and get this job?
9: Um, I was working in car hire sales. So I kind of learned to love cars when I was working there. And I applied for a lot of car sales jobs before I got this one. And no one even sent me like a rejection letter or anything. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing at all nothing and then I got I got an email back from Newgate for an interview I was so nervous and there was a lot of men at the interview as well and I was sure I wasn't going to get it positive but here I am
1: here you are same story started the same day with Megan as well and you're in the Kia aspect of things yeah they're very popular cars aren't they
9: they're very popular they're amazing cars Mm.
1: and the 7 year warranty Tony so you have to bring that into play isn't it fantastic with the the Kia so you're recruited in you go you start how do you find it hitting the ground is there an element is there time finding your feet training before you're really into the swing of it
9: um well we kind of get trained we're still getting the training okay that's ongoing yeah that's ongoing. so it's on the job yeah it's on the job we we did do a prior training as well where yeah. we had to go to like headquarters and okay
1: get yeah training. that's part and parcel of it as yeah, well yeah. are you selling I am selling. How do you find? Tell me. <laughs> how, how, what's the reaction been, you know, to customers coming in? Like, you heard what we said there, myself and Tony talking. Tony put this afoot. He said he's not come across many women in the business selling. Oh, look at the experience this man has. And I haven't in my limited time buying cars. What's the reaction been of men coming in to buy Kia's?
9: Um, I think they would kind of trust us a bit more when they're buying cars.
1: Hey, Megan, come in there. Trust
7: yeah, loads of, of <laughs> yeah. do you agree with that? Yeah. yeah, no, I would. Yeah, no, it is. It's been a great reaction. Some positive and some not so positive, but mostly positive. Everyone. It's good to see women in the yes, men or what about business. dealing with
1: women? Women, you know, coming. Tony says about his daughter. There, you heard him a moment ago. Do women come to you? You know, to to buy and and do you? How do you find it? You know, on the same sex sale.
9: I think women. I think women are um come would would. Be quicker to come to me than to like a male salesperson. So would I be because it's very intimidating going to a man, if especially if you don't have much knowledge of cars, but you're looking to buy a new car.
1: Mm, so you think women are more comfortable coming yeah. to yourselves? Yes, definitely, definitely. When you're out there and someone comes in, you know, often the salesperson comes to you, you know, and are you all right? And can I help you and what you do? Is there a routine and a technique in that? Do you have, and are are each of yours individuals, do you operate in different ways?
9: I don't really have a routine. I just... Kind of go with
7: the flow. If I see someone at Few thing. tricks of the trade. We couldn't be telling you. <laughs> 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 Do you see the cute one from the old man's pub and me? She knows
1: about selling. I couldn't be telling you. She says to me, "Oh, be the god!" But look, the, so you're you started five six months into the job now, and both of you feel that it's really going well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
9: I love
1: it. How does Jim feel? Come back and tell us about how they're getting on, Jim Ring. They're getting on fantastic, they really are. Um, And you see,
8: you have to remember that it is a very, very difficult job because um, people might not kind of just really understand this, but when you're in sales, and particularly car sales, if you're very, very good at it, you might sell uh, to four or five of the people that's put in front of you, and that's if you're really good. But that means you've been rejected five or six times. And, you know, so it's very difficult. You'd have to pick yourself up and go again. Uh, you know, but they're, they're training, they're getting experience and one of the things that like you're asking the question about how do you go about selling the car, what they're beginning to learn and they're doing very well at is trying to identify what the person is looking for uh, and qualifying that person and then going about uh, fabricating a deal around that to suit them so there's a lot to know Tony?
0: Yeah, I think it's very important what Jim said there from getting to know what people require uh, I'd always look upon a salesperson as, uh, not being sexist here as a tailor, like the Louis Copelands of this world, that that measure person to what their requirements are, for example maybe electric car that I'm driving today I'm driving one of your keys, Jim uh, maybe the electric soul won't suit everyone and there's some people who certainly would suit. Maybe Jerry Kelly would definitely not require a petrol car and he wants a diesel car. I think these are all fabulous things. And I also think it's fabulous to, because the car is a great education to keep learning about the car, to find out what the car has to offer. The the, the family versions, the seven seers, many eyes effect seats there is for child seats, all this sort of stuff, which I'm sure you know all about anyway. Mm-hmm. And people will take your advice on it. So yes, I think that's very important. It's not just to sell. For the matter of selling. Anyone can sell Smarties, but to sell a car is a different kettle of
1: fish. It certainly is. We're going to take a short break on late launch. Two fine young women, they're in Newgate Motors selling Mercedes and Kia and the Widows on late lunch this afternoon. And you'll happen to listen as well after the break to the more senior members of this interview panel here on Late Lunch this afternoon. Stay with us. We're motoring on Late Lunch and we're talking today to two women who are selling cars in uh, Newgate Motors just outside. Navin, Mercedes and Kia, Megan Cooney and Arita Piccolita with me on Late Lunch. Tony Conlon's here as well and Jim Ring. Ladies, I want to come back to you, because uh, you know, when you get into a job like this, Jim mentioned like there are disappointments, and it's part and parcel of the road of sales. Do you remember your first sales? The first sales you made? Let's start with Megan Cooney and Mercedes. Come on, Megan. How did it happen?
7: Um, yeah, it was. It was a good one. I was, Kia was really busy, and I actually just had to fly over just to see if everyone was okay, and then I ended up selling a sportage, so it was a complete fluke. But it was the best day of my life, and <laughs> I was it was a great day it was on a Saturday as well so I remember that one well yeah a
1: big lift to was, to, yeah. to seal the deal there and yeah, get the yeah. sale no there's no such thing as a flu don't mention no. there's <laughs> always there's a skill and uh, being in the right place at the right time yeah, element to this as well did that set you on your way then is that a big boost of confidence when you get that
7: yeah it is completely like, and our manager says the best time to sell a car is right after you sold one already that's the best time to sell another one That once you get going you're flying and not. did
1: that happen for you the, the, the second one comes yeah. Yeah, Quick it enough. Was
7: a good few days later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it
1: was a Mercedes this yes, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, It's a hell of a mark, your may I say? You know, Mercedes, like what a name you 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 have to sell as well. Yeah,
7: yeah. No, they're an amazing car, and mm. they sell themselves. Sir. Yeah. They're amazing,
1: and they have a loyalty, I'm sure, from people as well. You're talking to people who've had Mercedes, and they're coming back oh, yeah. to trade and move up as well. Yeah,
7: once you go Mercedes, you don't you don't go.
1: Oh, she is all the out That's for sure. Hey Jim, she's saying all the right things. They don't leave us. Is this rehearsed? I wonder. Anyway, let's come back to arita What about you? You're for sale. Tell me about it.
9: Um, mine was also kind of a complete accident because um, my it was a couple that came in. They already knew they wanted that car. And I went on a test drive and they were like, just straight away. Yeah, we'll take it. That was it. And that was it? That was it. That John was and the Dustin. easiest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> To this day, that was my easiest sale.
1: <laughs> this, I did mention the seven-year warranty and we've touched on it here with Key as well. That's a huge support isn't it in, in selling that to say that to somebody do you know that for seven years yeah we you do you believe this, in our
7: product yeah well no, obviously,
1: <laughs> obviously the other thing I'll, uh, the other thing I want to say to both of you and, and you're good looking young women
7: oh I know yeah with blonde,
1: <laughs> with blonde hair
7: it, it
1: helps does it
7: yeah but I think the knowledge over overcomes the luck do don't. you Yeah.
1: at the end of the day what do you say to that do you agree
9: I yeah I don't think anything like that. Looks, would be anything. To and do what with I'm it. trying to
1: get at, there's a lot of men who don't have much brains. I'll say this, being a man myself, and they go in to see you too, and you'll sell to them. Is, is that unfair?
7: Whatever gets the sale, I know. <laughs> <I don't.
1: laughs> now you're talking. Tony, come in. You want to come in
0: there? No, just interesting there, what the girls were talking about. Uh, I'm just wondering have you witnessed, have come across people that want to bargain with you? Are the, are the are people gone soft? Is it no, the bargain, we the, would, we would. the price tag on the car? They're going to give you the two thousand, the twenty seven thousand seven hundred ninety nine euro, or would they say, give us the ninety nine off or the seven ninety nine offer?
7: Yeah, no, like we would, but like we're still <coughs> at that kind of training phase, where we would go to the higher authorities and they right. kind of do the negotiation and stuff like and, that.
0: And and would be fair, now, because you, you said you you have your degree and studied and all that, but. I'm sure there's a, a mechanism within the system, within Newgate, within Kia 2 there, that will help you, assist you, if someone was trying to be smart and trading in the car that had maybe incorrect mileage, uh, Jim, or... Do you want to come in on that one?
8: Well, uh, you know, we we have mechanisms there. Uh, like there's cartels. You know, if, if somebody wants to pull the wool over your eyes, um, you, you've got to be lucky because that can happen to anybody. But mm. that doesn't really happen very often. I mean, you know, 99.9% of the people who come in our door are great people. And uh, they're in earnest about what they're trying to do. And, you know, we, we, we treat them as such. Uh, but for the girls, um, if when they, you know, come across a car, if they're not sure about it, they've, they've got people they can go to, they yes. can come to me.
1: Great support system. Yeah, because
8: that's the only way it works. And that's everybody, no matter how long you're in sales, you need that support oh, system. Oh, for sure. Uh, because we, we, you can't know everything. It's mm. as simple as that,
7: you know. Yeah.
1: And the other thing I wanted to say to you, do you feel this is a good time for, for for the ladies to be coming in and taking up these roles? I think it's a brilliant time for anybody to be getting involved in the motor
8: business and particularly in sales because we're at the... Uh, beginning of a new era with the introduction of electric cars, EVs, PHEVs. Um, I think that diesel and petrol are going to be with us for a long, long time to come, Uh, notwithstanding maybe uh, other people's views, but uh, it it is a brilliant time because it's change, and with change change comes opportunity, and uh, there's a bright future ahead, there's no
1: doubt about it. Mm. What about that aspect? Take it up uh, there, if you would, for me, uh, Megan, is electric a, a big feature, and people coming talking to you that they talk, or is it still predominantly petrol and diesel that you're yeah, talking? Yeah, um,
7: and it is petrol and diesel are not going anywhere. But Arita um, would have most of the knowledge on the electric vehicles. That's all I so I heard.
1: So you're them. my <laughs> electric expert. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. she drops over to Kia now and again. Yeah. You know what right? I mean? I understand that. I understand. What about this? The, the push to electric on the move. What do you see?
9: There is a lot of interest in the, especially the plug-in hybrid the Nero, or PHEV um, that's becoming very popular in the past couple of months um, because people aren't most people aren't ready to go fully electric and it's a good stepping stone to go for a plug-in hybrid
1: Mm. Is it a job where you have to look well every day dress well be you know like you can come in here to the studio so no one sees me unless they're doing (laughs) Facebook Live or uh, things like that do you know what I mean but presentation is that important how you look each day
9: well um, it's important enough, yeah. You mm. have to look presentable. Like yes. You're dealing yeah, with no.
1: Smart, you know, that people... We you know, know good every day. Yeah, you're meeting yeah. and greet people as well. Um, so, what, you're five months or so in, 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 into your positions there, going well, that's the message, and you'd like to see more people pop in and have a chat with you, yeah? Yeah, definitely. That's the name of the game.
7: That's it. <laughs> that's
1: it. Back, Tony, uh, back to you. Um, it is... We have to say again, I'm coming back to this. I wish that I wish you both all the very best.
9: Oh, thank you. I, I
1: really much. do. I, and, and congratulate you at Newgate as well, uh, Jim, w- with the new appointments.
0: I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's marvellous. Uh, I think the timing, as Jim said, is absolutely perfect. Even if it just take one mark for a moment, leave the electric out of it. Uh, but you were speaking about the electric cars for a moment. But if you look the way Mercedes is gone, Mercedes is now really after working hard to fill every niche market out there and to appeal to a younger generation. Now, isn't it fantastic that young generation selling the product? That's what I'd say. I spoke to Mercedes about this. I thought it was a little bit unique. And they kind of, they said like, they can remember going back to the 70s, but in front of house, front of house is an important thing because that's your position. There hasn't been too many front of house. But in the, within the organisation, there's been many ladies taking very high positions and one of them even remembers that and this is the worrying thing for Jim that one of the girls went off and set up her own dealership and whatever else so uh, look, the best of luck whatever happens in in the future but I think it's great yeah
1: yeah it is somebody's saying there it's not really new there have been female car sales staff in both Victor Motors and South Dublin car sales back as far as 2002 I don't disagree with you and there have been we understand that but in the North East here and in my bailiwick and Tony's travelled as well This is pretty new, it really is, and we really mean that, and we understand, yes, there have been ladies, and Tony has said it there. Jim, final word to you, in terms of the the, the business, the industry, what would help you? You say it's a great time to be coming in, but of course there are always challenges, Brexit is probably going to happen, maybe without a deal now, with Johnson being elected Mm -hmm. today. What would help you in terms of support?
8: Well, there's phenomenal uncertainty about it at the moment with all of the things you mentioned, but uh, a big challenge that the government has, and they have an opportunity in the budget next to widen the VRT bands because we have this WLTP, uh, uh, the new emissions measurement coming down the road, and that can have a serious effect on the price of new cars. Uh, so there's uh, an opportunity there, but there it really is something that needs to be addressed urgently in terms of uh, getting it right at budget time, because I would. My understanding is that that when it is most likely to be done, uh, but that's vitally important that that gets okay. looked at.
1: We hear what you're saying. Have to leave it there for today, Tony Connell. As usual, sure. thank you so much indeed to Jim Ring, Dealer Principal uh, with Newgate Motors, and to Megan thank Cooney you. and Arida Piccolita. Best of luck, ladies. Thank you for joining me on the hey, show sorry. today. Thank you. Don't forget tomorrow, that big game in Oriel Park, live here on LMFM Radio, Champions League, second round, first leg qualifier, the against Karabag from Azerbaijan, Adrian Taff and John Flanagan on commentary. And you can listen to the game here from 7.40 tomorrow evening on LMFM, our app, or on lmfm.ie. And our coverage comes to you thanks to Boyle Sports. Now Jim has been on to me uh, about uh, the story we uh, had at the top of the show about the dog feces being left in bags at the door and on the uh, window ledge of Paul Kelly vets in Rittholtz Jim's been on to say, With respect, Jerry, you can talk till the cows come home. The laws are not being enforced on litter. I've reported the issue of dog litter. Some in bags being thrown on Tara Hill to the OPW and the council. Nothing being done. Our beaches are covered in it in this country. It's a disgrace. What do tourists think of us, I wonder? No talking to these idiots either, Jerry, who do it. Thanks indeed. And I know, Jim, you're an intense campaigner and you do your very best on the litter issue but you're right we can have all the laws and rules in the world but if we don't enforce them it's a waste of time love island update newsflash
3: yeah i'm in shock i'm just Why? after reading reports on the mirror that says that uh, anna and jordan for love island followers they um declare their undying love for each other just a few days ago and now jordan is set seemingly tonight to crack on with india who's with ovi uh behind anna's back
1: so instead of undying love, it's his dying love for her now.
3: I think it's well and truly slaughtered. Oh! Can't wait to go upstairs and tell Katrina.
1: Have you ever <laughs> been? I've never heard you in all the time I, I know. Watched yet,
3: television in about eight years. Yeah, I can't say this.
1: I've never ever heard you so addicted to something on the television.
3: I haven't been. I haven't been able to watch TV in so long. I suppose I don't know. And in other years, and I was saying this to you earlier people would be talking about Love Island and I'd be going oh get a life you know yeah. it's rubbish so I don't know why this year i am just
1: it's yeah, got you it's it got it has you. got me yeah, yeah. and Katrina uh, who, who's Upstairs. with us
3: uh, yeah God. we don't talk from one end of the year to the other Do not know that Katrina <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do intensely but She's into it big time as yeah. well, and really into it. It just shows you, you know. It's uh, uh, it's coming to an end, isn't it? About a week or so, as I say. Because next
3: Monday night, I Is see it? there's been parties organised mm. in certain pubs now as well for it. <laughs> Love Island end finale party.
1: <laughs> Will there be one in that pub in Wilkinstown we were talking about before the break? No. Uh, I wouldn't think so I wouldn't think so <laughs> I no. wouldn't think the Wilkinson Tiernan's is Love Island but there's lots of love I'm sure in the pub and lots of chatter as well um, we want to say that anyway so that's the latest from Earl Louise on Love Island this afternoon on Late Launch now Here's one for you. We're going to be talking next uh, to Brian Mee from Victor Mee Auctions. I'm sure many people are familiar with the Claremont Arms Pub in Blackrock Village outside Dundalk. It's a landmark. It's been there. Listen to this. Since 1880, established by Thomas Fortescue. And it's had many incarnations since, but it's gone. It's closed. And all of the... Uh, what would you call the fittings and fixtures and historical stuff that goes along uh, with the Claremont is now at auction and we're going to hear about it next. We have another Love uh, Island update quickly.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's a fan though. Love Island is over this week. Brilliant news, I'm having a party. (laughs) Woohoo! So there'll be parties on every side whether you like it or you don't like it.
1: It's party time. Thanks indeed for uh, your message to late lunch this afternoon. Now it's a landmark in black rock village well it was established 1880 i'm talking about the claremont arms and what lay within was really really special and is still really special and will be of value to many many people there's an auction happening and i'm going to have a chat about it for the next while with brian me from victor me auctions brian good afternoon how are you jerry thank you very much for taking our call it's fair to say what lies within here will be really special to so many people
6: oh well, yes a um, collection like this you don't really see uh, come up sale too often long a long time build um, so we are looking forward to the option and of course things go into new collections
1: now it's extensive and I've read through uh, quite uh, a long list of, of what's up for grabs but I've picked out a couple in particular tell us about this bottle of whiskey from the 1880s
6: that's a bottle of Monster and whiskey. That's uh, probably one of the rarest bottles of whiskey, Irish whiskey, you could find at the moment. There is only two of them known, one of which we have for sale. Uh, the other one is in the Irish Whiskey Museum in Dublin, mm-hmm. um, which is a later bottle. So this is uh, quite nice to see. Um so, I suppose it's it's we're all very excited to see what it's going to make at auction. There has been quite a bit of interest already in the sale.
1: Okay, so already there is a huge interest. Naturally, if it's only one of two and it goes back so far and one of the rarest in the country, you're going to have whiskey collectors really keen to get their hands on this. Is there a reserve in it? Have you any figure on it?
6: We have estimated between five and ten thousand, but do expect it to make the upper end.
1: More even than that. And uh, tell me this, just as an aside, made, a, it was made by Cassidy and Company from Monasterevin. Yeah. Evan. they were distilling from 1784 until 1921, yeah. right? Would this bottle, do people just buy this and hold on to it and never touch it forever and ever? Would it be still drinkable or would anyone dare to drink it at a price like that?
6: Um, you'd be surprised. We do have clients that buy whiskey to drink and then of course ones that just like to collect more than likely, this bottle will not. be opened If it will probably go to private collection, or hopefully maybe go back to the Cassidy distillery.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I'm sure whoever spends that type of money on it, it's for a reason. It's an investment as well. And also a- along the whiskey theme, there's an Irish copper whiskey still, a rare one you have there as well. Another yes. very interesting item.
6: Yes, there is indeed. Um, and again, um, if. Probably going to go into a distillery as a display model, something like that. Um, it' the if 20, something like that. Um, so we had a few of them before, so there's good interest in them, and we'll expect it probably fetch around 1,500 to 1,500.
1: Okay, and that will go in into a distillery somewhere as a display. You know the yes. mirrors, I'm familiar with them, advertising mirrors from yesteryear. They were a real favourite and very popular for years and years, and you still see them in, in old public houses as well. There's a few very significant ones within the Claremont.
6: There was, yeah, there's a few very nice uh, Balamina mirrors, and what's unusual about those, uh, they're Jamaica rum and gin, which is quite unusual. You don't often see them. They're usually sort of whiskey or tobacco mirrors, and uh, they're a nice size. Uh, Again, they're sort of, everyone's going back to that sort of old Irish country pub as well, so um, we do see them being very popular.
1: Now, you know back then there was a thing called, and and I'm I'm only becoming familiar with this as well, a thing called show cards. What are these? And you have quite a number of them.
6: Show cards, I suppose, uh, well, it started around the 1870s, 1880s, and it was the first sort of mass-produced advertising. Um, A lot of the ones we have are nice slogans, uh, very sort of pictures, very for women and stuff like that. Uh cards and just quite good slogans and stuff like that. Um, so they're all very sort of colourful and
3: picturesque
1: yeah really really nice and lots more besides is the catalogue available on your website
6: it is it's available at victormeactions.ie and there will be live bidding and telephone bids available for people on the night
1: and the auction is happening where
6: it's happening in our auction room in clover hill 30 tavern and it starts at half five both evenings on the 30th and 31st
1: OK, so check it out on ie. All the information yes. is there. Wish you well with really. it. Thank you for joining me on the show, Brian. Thank you very much. Sharon. Take care of bye yourself. Bye. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Brian Me there. And do I'll mention it again if you want to check it out. There's some fabulous stuff there. It's VictorMeAuctions.ie on the 30th and the 31st, uh, that auction happening. I'm sure it's going to be really well followed and attended and lots of interesting stuff there up for grabs. Apologies for the quality. Quality, uh, on the line there that was coming and going those old mobiles they're a devil at times aren't they anyway that's almost a lot on late lunch for this afternoon just want to say, mention one thing a Brown Michael Coors wallet was lost in McDonald's in Dundalk last monday i'm not sure whether that's yesterday or monday week it contained a gold necklace that's a brown michael Kors wallet uh, and it was a present from the person who lost it. it was from a late mother and it's very sentimental so if you've come across that at all give us a shout here at lmfm radio somebody might have picked it up in mcdonald's i'd say it was monday week last that's it louise no more from the island no Everything no more the island.
3: I'm enjoying ice cream I here. I see you That's with a loop-de-loop you-
1: the loop there. Oh, we Eddie saved Caffrey you one. was in with his box. Was he of loop-de-loops? He was,
3: in fairness <laughs> to him. And we um, did save you one.
1: Fair dues. There's one. I love loop-de-loops. I love them. They're lovely, are they? Are your favourite? I'd say they're my favourite ice pop. Yeah I, yeah. I do. Uh, my favourite ice pop. I'd say that. I'll say that. Loop-de-loop. I absolutely love them. I love, of course, a chalk ice or a brunch. Like I used to
3: love the mint ices, but they don't make them anymore. No, they don't.
1: They're gone. Chalk ice would be probably my favourite in those, but you can't beat the 99s, can you?
3: No, definitely ah, not. Ah,
1: listen, it's the time of year and with the heat we're having. But I've anyway.
3: never had a bad 99. You know the way everybody says, oh, they have the best 99s, this shop here. But I've never had a bad yeah, they're run. all
1: nice. Yeah. They, yeah, they all do. their. They put their stamp on it in their own way. And of course, we've done this before. We've had polls on whose is the nicest, etc. And I'm sure that'll be in people's minds as the heat continues over the coming days. Anyway, time to say goodbye to you on Late Lunch this Tuesday afternoon in the company of Adele. Yes, she's still singing away, even though she's not performing live or not recording at the minute. But what a collection she has. It's Adele for you as we leave you this Tuesday. Come back and join us tomorrow again. On the Wednesday midweek late lunch and Eddie's up next with The Drive. See you tomorrow.